Good afternoon ladies and gentlemen, or whatever time of the day it is. Now, I am recording something that is not a regular episode of Zdenek's English podcast. Instead, this is a new feature of Zdenek's English podcast, actually, because I'm changing the way I do things. Here is Zdenek's English podcast. Now, this is not a complete overhaul. This is not a complete remake. However, I'm doing things a little bit differently now. Um, it's a slow transition. You know, I can't just change the whole thing overnight. So slowly but surely, I want to get there. Now, what's happening? Well, it mainly relates the patrons, to be honest. But I think everyone is going to benefit from this, even non-patrons. First of all, the concept of the live shows, so as you know, every Sunday at 9pm Central European time I record live shows. So I have been doing this ever since, um, I think, is it spring 2020 or early summer, something like that. And I've realized that this is not a sustainable model and I think I can make this better. So first of all, it's not going to be just for patrons. So everybody can listen to the live shows. Everybody will uh, be able to hear the live shows after they get published, not just the patrons. Yeah. The, the next thing is the live shows are going to be shorter, not one hour or even more, but about 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 35 minutes, 40 minutes maximum. Okay, so the live shows are going to be shorter. It's going to be more focused on my guests. So there will be less fluff, you know, the fluff at the beginning of the live show when I was introducing my guest and sort of talking to the people in the room. That's going to, there's going to be less of it. Yeah, in the live show. So it will be more focused. And most importantly, and this is mainly for patrons, but I would like you guys to experience the same. That's why I'm recording this non-episode. It's not an episode. Um, I am going to be doing mini lessons once a week, usually after the live show, but occasionally it could be related to a, a episode that is not recorded originally as a live show. I'm going to be doing mini lessons, which will be basically some sort of review, some sort of language review, or usually it's going to feature some sort of target language that I pick out from that live show or an episode. It could be to do with grammar, pronunciation, or vocabulary. I think most often it will be vocabulary. Now, this could be thematically linked. So it could be that this vocabulary, it could be idioms related to uh, sport or uh, something like that. Now, then um, this will be only for patrons. So if you are a patron, you will listen to the live show, let's say. You will be able, you will be able to hear the live show. And then the next day you will get a mini lesson, which will be about 10 to 15 minutes worth of podcast which will be slightly, you know, it will be slightly different because it will be just me talking and more focused because I will select 
target language which I go over. This will be language that will have appeared previously in the episode of the podcast or in the live show. Now, this is very important because I believe language should be taught in context. So you should be first able to hear the language and then you can work with it. You can analyze it. You can talk about it. You can review it. So because I would like to explain to you how this works, because I want to show you the benefit of it and I want to encourage you to become the Next English Podcast patrons because I think this will be really worth it. All you need to do is to just pledge $1 a month. This is the bare minimum and you will get this. You will get four mini lessons, four mini reviews. Let's call it reviews or it could be called, I don't know, just, um, I, I honestly don't know what it will be called yet. I, I'm going to work that out soon. But I want to publish the first few of these mini lessons to everyone so that you guys get the idea and get used to this. And when when you decide that you like it, if you, if you decide that you like it, I, I say when as if I was confident that you would definitely do it. No, I don't want to sound pretentious or something. If you decide that this is something that's worth doing for you, then, you know, you could go for it. I am, as an English teacher, I'm convinced this is a really good idea, really good concept. Hopefully, you'll like it. I have had similar ideas in that podcast that I tried to launch after the release of the 300th episode of the Next English Podcast. Remember that? Remember that idea that I had, the, the over-ambitious one, the correct my English podcast thing? Yeah, that was a bit too much, but I think this is a slightly more sustainable model. Anyway, that's it for this long introduction. I didn't mean to make this to make it this long. Now the reason is because I need to explain myself before you get, before you get this. So let's get started. Let's dive into this now. This mini lesson is about the language that that came out from the episode with Kieran and Nick about their book Battery Life. This is the interview with the authors of the book Battery Life. And the language that sort of is quite rife uh, in this episode is the language for describing... Um, if it's a descriptive adjectives, basically. So I've got couple of descriptive adjectives here, actually in total there are nine, that I'm going to go through now, give you examples, tell you how these adjectives appeared in the episode. And that's it, you know. So, let's go. Number one, um, it was Nick that said, London is portrayed in books, films, in a stereotypical way. Um, it's either shown as a gritty gangland where everyone has a Cockney accent, or it's done in a jovial way. So we have got two, let's say, high-level adjectives. So gritty gangland. So gangland is like a land of gangs, right? So um, where people are fighting each other. It's like mafia land, right? But if something is gritty, gritty, it's, it means it's kind of realistic you know it's it's realistic unpleasant it's just what you would it's you would just describe 
what's really happening, you know, gritty, realistic, unpleasant, okay? And the opposite of this, kind of, is the word jovial. Jovial, on the other hand, means cheerful, friendly, pleasant, something that makes you feel good, you know? Uh, so it's the exact opposite. So I think uh, these are two ways you could describe a work of literature. Yeah? So if you, uh, if you are um, describing a place, you could say it's a gritty, gritty way of describing it, gritty description, or, or you describe it in a jovial, jovial way. Okay, so that's uh, the first two um, ticked off the list. Now, number three, again, this comes from Nick, and he was talking about New Cross, South East London, which is uh, the area that he grew up, grew up in, I believe. Um, and one of his short stories, called Make It, my favourite one, is set in this area, in New Cross, South East London. And uh, at some point Nick said, when he was talking about this, that this is such a vibrant community of people, or this has such a vibrant community of people. Now, vibrant is a really cool adjective that you can use to describe um, a place, let's say. Uh, this place is vibrant, yeah, this city is vibrant, or it has a vibrant community of people. And vibrant basically means energetic, exciting, full of enthusiasm, okay? Um, so vibrant, very nice word indeed. Now, number four, uh, this was a question that I asked both Nick and Kieran later on about how their writing differs, yeah? So both guys told me that they have a different tone to how they write, now, Nick specifically uh, said that uh, Kieran's descriptions are long because he's an artist and Kieran's prose is reflected in, that, in the way he paints as well, because he is a painter. And he said there's a lot of depth and um, Kieran has these visions, these vivid visions. Um, so that's exactly how his writing is, and it, um, he also said that it's kind of scenic, uh, scenic, and uh, you can kind of get lost in that world almost. So if something is scenic, that's spelled S-C-E-N-I-C, -E it means that it's um, it's showing beauty, uh, sorry, beautiful natural surrounding. It's kind of allowing you to see beautiful natural features. Yeah. So, um, for example, you could say a scenic drive, a scenic drive. So you're driving, and if you look out of the window, you see the beautiful surrounding, the beautiful nature. Um, or you could say an, an area of outstanding scenic beauty, yeah? So it's like you look out of the window and you see, I don't know, mountains and trees and different colors and all that. So the way um, Kieran writes is different from Nick's because uh, Kieran has all these scenic... Um, 
uh, how, how should I put it? Um, he has a scenic way of... No, not scenic way. Mm, it's more scenic. That's what I wanted to say. It's kind of scenic, yeah? It's almost like impressionistic, you know? Impressionism. It's like a way of writing or, or movement. It's also, I think... Yeah, it's artistic movement, impressionism. Okay, number no, number five, sorry, number five also comes from Nick. And, um, or does it? Huh, let me just see this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It does, I think. I'm not sure. Anyway, this word was used a few times in uh, the episode, and that's the adjective quick fire. Now, quick, it's like fast, right? Hyphen. And fire. So this this is almost um, it's a, it's a compound noun, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So quick fire. So uh, Nick's stuff is a lot more quick fire. So I think this was actually said by Kieran because why would Nick said Nick's stuff is a lot more quick fire? Yeah, quick fire meaning pacey, and it takes you on a journey. There's a lot of action events that happen quickly. That's what quick fire and pacey means, right? Quick fire, you can also say quick fire questions. Those are questions that are asked in a quick succession, you know, very quickly, one after another. So uh, quick fire, it's an, another adjective. Again, you can, you can use this to describe the uh, um, way someone writes. Yeah? So it's almost the opposite to scenic, right? Okay, now number six. Um, Peace head is based on something um, that actually happened, right? When people read it, they think it's very far-fetched. So I'm not sure who did, who said this again. Yeah, my notes are a little bit confusing here in this, but it's fine. Never mind that. So if something is far-fetched, it's kind of hard to believe. It's very unlikely to be true. A very nice. Adjective. Again, you may not know this one. Far-fetched. The stress is on the second word. And there is again a hyphen. So far, not, not near. Yeah? Far, hyphen, fetched. Far-fetched. And if something is far-fetched, it's hard to believe. It's hard to identify with it, maybe. Yeah. Exactly. So Pisshead, by the way, he was referring to one of the... Um, one of the um, one of the short stories, and I think, was this Curran who said this, or Nick? I'm not sure, but the point is that people believe that this 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 story is very far-fetched. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that it has really happened, but you know what? It actually happened. Yes, this story actually happened. It's really weird. You would have to read it to understand what I'm talking about. Okay, number seven is definitely said by Kuren in the episode. And, um, uh, okay, Kieran was talking about uh, Nick's short story called Make It again. And he said that he likes it because it's, um, because it's an upbeat take on something that was very depressing. Now, he's talking about the riots. Yeah, that's what he's referring to. The riots that were happening in 2011 in England, it was like a 
series of events that led to riots. People were basically... Um, people were protesting in this kind of way. And they started looting shops and stealing things and burning cars. And people died as well. And there were fight, fights with police and things like that. So... Uh, this story that was written by Nick is an upbeat take on something that was quite depressing or very depressing. So first of all, a take is like a view, like a point of view, like an angle, yeah, an, or opinion almost. And if, if this take, if this view is upbeat, that means it's very optimistic, full of hope, happiness, it, it, it triggers good feelings. Yeah, I even said in the episode that I think this story is very feel-good. Like when I was reading it, it, I had a, I had this idea in my head. Like, well, oh, this is so easy to read. This this makes me feel good. It's a feel good story. So an upbeat take on something that was depressing. Okay, you can also be upbeat about something. For example, you could be upbeat about the prospect of your new job. Yeah, you could be excited about it, kind of optimistic. All right, number eight comes from Kieran. And I think we're talking about the King Commute. And um, uh, Kieran said that... Uh, I asked him what this is actually about. What, what's this short story about? Remember King Commute? Uh, I had published an episode about this earlier when I was reading it out, actually, to my listeners, right? So Kieran said that it's about a dire situation of, overcried, of overcrowding. A dire, if something is dire, it's, it's, it's very sort of um, very bad, very poor, awful, grim, you know. It's very gloomy and grim, very dark, very bad situation, yeah. Uh, so it was about overcrowding, which evolves into something very surprising and strange in the end. Yeah, that's what Kieran said. Um, so it's, dire means like... Awful, bad, extremely serious, extreme, you know, a dire situation, spelled D-I-R-E. Now, number nine is the last one, okay? Now, this is taking longer than I want this to be, so you have to bear with me. I'm going to have to get used to doing this, you know? Perhaps I am um, not sticking to the point too much, not as much as I would like to. So, don't worry, don't worry, I will improving this myself. I just need to do a few of these, but I hope you find it useful. So the last one, one of the reasons for writing it, he was referring, whoever said this, I think it was, uh, I think it was, was it Kieran again? I think so. One of the reasons of writing it, he, he's referring to the book, was to give a unique take. Here we go, the word take again, so a unique opinion or a unique perspective. On, the, uh, on them rather than the unconventional uh, things that you hear about. So I think when he says a rather unique take on them, means on people, on the characters. So a unique take, um, usual, uh, sorry, unusual in some way, right? When something is unique, it's very unusual in, uh, in some way. It's perhaps only one of a kind and no one else has characters like that in their stories. That's why it's a unique take. And then the opposite of this is unconventional. Sorry, I'm messing this up. Conventional, which means usual, typical. 
Yeah, so actually it's 10 items of vocabulary, not 9, my bad. Unique, okay, special in, a, in some way, uh, and conventional means typical, usual, customary. Okay, that's it. Now, these were 10 adjectives that could be used to describe a work of, a piece of literature, let's say, a work of art, possibly in some ways. And the idea was that we go over this language again, and you learn something in the process, obviously, you learn this. Now, this will be available every week for patrons of this podcast. It will be shorter, usually, I think about 10 minutes, and it won't be edited. There will be no jingle, there's no messing about with this one. No jingle, uh, I will leave in all my mistakes, no editing, you know, I'll just teach, as I do normally. So you can hear all my mistakes, or... You know, every single time when I say something twice, when uh, when I make a mistake, it will all be here. It will all be there, and that's the way I want to do it. I still think it, there is a lot of value to this, and you should find it useful. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. But fingers crossed. Now, if anybody pledges more than just one dollar, and let's say it's four dollars, then I'm thinking of starting another feature as well, and this will be like a mini lesson which the people that pledge this take part in, and I will prepare the mini lesson with with exercises and ways we can actually practice this very language. So it, in this case, it would be adjectives for uh, descriptive adjectives. Yeah, so that would be like exercises. I would push those people. Or those, let's say, students in this case, those listeners, into using that language as well. Because there's one thing to just passively um, absorb it, so to speak, and another thing is to start using it actively. You know, that's that's like a completely another level. So that's what I'm planning to do with this podcast. Now, this is just, this, you're just getting a bit of a taste here. Okay, so that's it. That's it for this one. I hope you enjoyed it. Please let me know what you think and I'll speak to you soon again. Bye for now.